We're continuing our series here through the book of Luke. Um, today, actually, we're, we're going to end um, this little segment uh, of preaching that Jesus gave. It's called the Sermon on the Plain, not the 747, but down on the low parts. Because he was up on the mountain, he prayed, uh, he got, you know, went up high, and he prayed to the Lord, and then selected his apostles, and then he came down and then uh, was talking to uh, his disciples and sharing with him about what his life is like in the, um, when, you, when you put your faith in him, right? So that's what it's about. So we're going to kind of uh, come to the conclusion of that, that sermon here. And uh, it's going to feel like we're at a home and garden show today, all right? Uh, because we're going to talk about fruit and we're going to talk about houses, all right? So plants and houses, you know, it'll be just like home and garden time. Um, before we get to the passage, I want to mention something to you, and that is, uh, um, you know, one of the things that Jesus is, going to ta- is talking about in this passage is basically, you know, you can tell a tree by its fruit, right? And I thought about putting Frank on the spot, being a professional nurseryman, and like bringing branches up and say, Frank, what kind of plant is this, you know? You know, and, and <laughs> testing to see, you know, well, what's the fruit look like? No, but I but I decided not to do that. So yeah, I love Frank. So, uh, but uh, you you know sometimes uh, uh, you're not sure uh, you know what somebody's really like. You know, are they really a Christian? Are they not? Is it just uh, some kind of a, a words that somebody's saying that you know I'm a Christian versus you know a true uh, follower of Jesus? And um, you, when you think about that, so you can you can think of that you know. Uh, I think about the the idea of counterfeit, and uh, does anybody know what the uh, you know? There's all kinds of counterfeits. When you go shopping on the internet, all kinds of knockoffs, right? Does anybody know what the number one thing that people are knocking off and selling? What was that over here? Purses is one. Rolexes, watches, shoes is number one. Shoes, number one. Yeah, in fact, twenty two percent of all counterfeit goods seized are footwear. Interesting. Um, next in line, clothing. You mentioned leather goods, which would be like, you know, purses or handbags, as they say in the industry. And then uh, electronics and watches and so on. But, and so, you know, they look pretty similar, but usually the quality and the character of the fabric, you can kind of tell that it's not really the real deal, right? And so Jesus is going to give us a, uh, a, a, some word pictures here using the idea of trees and fruit and also just about the foundation of a house that really uh, shows us whether we're uh, truly followers of Jesus. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer here before we get into the word. Lord, we just are so thankful to be together as a church family and uh, thankful that um, you're with us here and Lord, we just ask and pray that your spirit would fill us up, Lord, that you, your spirit would encourage where we need courage, strengthen us where we need strength, convict us, Lord, where we need conviction of sin, remind us of your grace and power that's available through Jesus Christ this morning. And Lord, we want to lift up our church family and friends who might be needing, in need of your healing power. Lord, would you touch them? by your spirit? Uh, would you draw them to your side? Would you comfort them if that's what they need? Would you 
heal their bodies? Is that what they need? Would you heal maybe wounds from the past that are preventing them from moving forward? Um, Lord, and uh, also, Lord, let us know if there's some role that we can play in that process, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're able to stand, would you stand for the reading of God's Word this morning? Let's read this aloud. It's, it's Luke, uh, we'll read it aloud together. Luke 6, 43 to 49. All right, let's read together. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock And when a flood arose, the stream broke out against the house and could not shake it, because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. This is the word of the Lord. Please have a seat. There's really two things we're going to focus in on today. And the first one is uh, verses 43 to 45 of chapter 6, which really tells us this, this main idea. True discipleship is a matter of the heart. True discipleship is a matter of the heart. A disciple, if you're not familiar, is someone who is a follower of Jesus. Right? If you're being discipled by someone, and since you're, 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 they're teaching you some things. You're learning from them, right? And so... If we're disciples of Jesus, we're learners, we're learning from him constantly, and we're following him, right? So uh, these, it's a matter of the heart uh, is really his point here. And uh, these verses we just read, right, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does bad tree bear good fruit, right? This is just a wonderful word picture, right, that we're just seeing is that, you know, you can tell what's at the root of something by looking at the fruit, and that's really what he's saying here. And he just goes through and says, you know, you can't pick, uh, you know, when, when you go to the thorn bushes, you're not going to find figs on them. You're not going to pick grapes off of bramble bushes. And, you know, we could just simp- say something similar. We could say, you know, you're not going to pick oranges off an apple tree. You know, that kind of thing is, is that uh, what kind of tree it is, is, is the kind of fruit it produces. And then... Uh, then he gets down to the nitty-gritty and starts to apply it and uh, saying the good person out of the good treasure of his heart. And I think what he's saying there is what's down in the root, what's stored down there in, in their character, right? Uh, that's the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of his evil treasure. So think of the treasure as being what's, what's inside of them, what's, what they're truly like, right, inside. And... Uh, of course, you can tell a lot of what's inside a person by what comes out of their mouth, what they talk about, uh, what's on their heart comes out of their mouth, and that's really what he's saying. Um, now, we you often heard said that well, you know, we, we really don't truly know a person's heart; only God does. 
Well, this is true, but there's also an element of it. You can tell what, you know, what's, in, what's in a person's heart by what comes out of their mouth. There is some evidence. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, we're going to say things that we regret and, and you know, that that's not right to other people. Uh, that's going to happen even as a believer um, because we're still sinners. Um, but but in, in general, you know, what we want to see as, as believers, as we follow Jesus, uh, we're growing in Christ-like character is the way it should should be working. We're going to be becoming more Christ-like as the years roll by. So we should see this trajectory, if you will, of growing and increasing Christ-likeness, if you will, right? Um, and, uh, and so in other words, you could put it this way, what comes out of our mouth and what we care to talk about becomes increasingly more like Jesus would be one way to say it. Um, now, one thing to think about is that, you know, as Jesus was talking earlier in this passage, uh, and I think that's important to realize, you know, this is, this is connected to what comes before, right? Because it, it actually starts off with the word in the ESV, it says, for no good tree bears. And so it's really making a connection with what came before. And if you think about what came before this, Jesus was telling us, you know, the um, what does some of that fruit look like in a, in a true believer, in a, a true disciple? Well, uh, we love our enemies. We talked about that last week. We talked about um, that we, we don't judge others in some sort of condemning fashion, looking down on them. We said it's okay to judge, uh, you know, be discerning, and that sort of thing. And we also mentioned that it's okay to confront one another about sin in our lives. That's a loving thing to do. Right, but but this idea of you know if if we're followers of Jesus, we're not going to be looking down and judging others in some condemning way, and that's what he's talking about. So so what came before this, I think, is what Jesus is saying. This is what some of the fruit looks like. This is what some of that fruit looks like that you uh, have good roots in Jesus. Okay, uh, so now think about this though. This is important because. Uh, don't you want your leaders in your church to have good character? I hope so. <laughs> uh, and they are characters, okay? But uh, anyway, but, but you know, think about this. The, the characteristics of deacons and elders, uh, 1 Timothy 3 and Titus chapter 1, they're character-related, aren't they? It's, it's not like they don't, you know, it doesn't matter what stage of life necessarily they're in. It doesn't matter their background. It's like, what's the character? What's on the inside, right? And so, um, and when we when we uh, appoint deacons and elders and stuff, we as you have we have done recently, a couple deacons, right? We there's a character test that or assessment, if you will, that those individuals take, and people that know them uh, score them also, because you know we might be a little biased towards ourselves and our own character. And so we ask if they're married, we ask their spouse to fill one out, and somebody that has seen them kind of operating in ministry. And so, because we want to know, is there a consistency there of character? Not that they're perfect, but there's a consistency in their character and Christ-likeness that, that the fruit looks pretty good, right? And so this is, uh, this is important in how it interfaces just with the life of a church. So um, now... 
that last imagery there in this section, uh, again, where it talks about the, the treasures, right? The illustration of the tree reminds us that the fruit is always a true character, right? That there's, there's um, the human heart is like a treasury that reveals what's really there, right? Um, and so we, we can't forget that. Now, um, I mentioned leadership and how it's important for us to kind of examine the fruit there, but but as believers, just in general, as followers of Jesus, don't we have some instructions on this in Galatians about fruit, right? Well, let's go there. I don't have it up on the screen, but uh, turn in your Bibles or on your device to Galatians 5. Let's take a quick look here, remind ourselves what some of that fruit does look like as well. Um, Galatians chapter 5. Let's look in verse 18, starting in verse 18, Galatians 5, starting in verse 18 and on. It says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. And then it starts a list. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. So you kind of get the idea that this is not some kind of an exhaustive list, is it? Things like these. Um, It says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things, in other words, practice these as a lifestyle, okay? It doesn't mean, you know, if you're struggling um, uh, in, in some way in some of these areas that, okay, well, now you're off, you were in with Jesus and now you're not. Okay, it just means as a, as a characteristic of your overall lifestyle, if these are, if this is a continual thing in your life, and you, and and I I find uh, someone is not even caring about that, about addressing it, then that is an indication that they may not be inheriting the kingdom of God, may not have a relationship with God. But here we get to the positive aspect in verse twenty two, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Um, And so then it goes on, it says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Um, So lots of talk about the Spirit there, and we're just focusing in on this, 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 um, this truth that if at the root uh, we're true followers of Jesus, we put our faith in Jesus, we've received His forgiveness by faith that He offers, right? That if that's true, then these, we will be exhibiting fruit of the Spirit in, in varying degrees, okay? In varying degrees. Um, and so... Um, this is something that, you know, if you've been a believer for a long time, that as you look back, you could probably share with a friend or someone who's close with you that, you know, hey, God's really helped me in these various areas through my life. Yes, I still have struggles. I'm still fall, and I got to get back up but by the grace of God, forgiven in Jesus. But, but he has helped me, and he is helping me grow continually uh, and, and more and more exhibiting uh, the fruit of the Spirit. So, remember this passage, this sermon, if you will, uh, these, the, especially last week, 
it was a, one of self-examination, wasn't it? It was kind of we were, we were looking in and saying, Lord, you know, show me if these things are true of me. Uh, help me examine myself, see where I am. And I think this is sort of along the same idea. Um, I think he's really, he's, he's not just saying, he's not just simply saying, you know, use these things as weapons in other people's lives, you know. Um, now, it's nothing wrong with using to make discerning judgments about, like we said, the character of future leaders, things like that. But first and foremost, as we always should in application of Scripture, let's look at our own lives, right? Uh, you know, am I, are we yielded to the Spirit? And if we are, we're filled with the Spirit, and we're going to be exhibiting fruit of the Spirit. If we're more yielded to the flesh and, 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 and so on, then we're going to exhibit deeds of the flesh. And so, of course, by the grace of God, we, we are wanting to become more and more Christ-like and uh, walk in step with the Spirit, as the verse said, right? Now, um, you know, this, again, it, this is very important to realize that, you know, a different nature has to be received before you could experience what we're talking about here, right? We have to, you have to have a new nature. And I don't want to kind of tip my my hand for this message next week because it's about being made new, but you, you really got to realize that, you, you know, if you're going to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, you got to have, there's got to be a, a change that's going on in here. You've got to have experienced the um, salvation that comes through Jesus and a life transformation from the inside out, right? A new nature has to be had, um, a nature that comes uh, through knowing Christ as Savior. And just to emphasize the fact that, you know, when, I, when there's a heart change, there is a behavior change. Um, think about teenage boys for a second, okay? Teenage boys, uh, if they have a girlfriend, well, let's talk about before having a girlfriend. Let's talk about, you know, you might, you just, there comes this point in a, if you have a boy in your household and a teenager, and they're not, they start to smell, and you're like, you might want to you might want to think about showering more frequently, or you might there's this thing called deodorant. They've invented it's you know, and so you know when those things start happening, you just you know have to try to say that. Well, if they get a girlfriend, by golly, you don't have to talk about showering. You don't have to talk about deodorant or cologne. You know, it's just you know if they're if they if they've uh, their affections have been caught up with a gal. Their heart has been captured, and their behavior is changing. Their behavior is changing, for sure. Now, I'm sure you could give me all kinds of other analogies, but that's one I'm personally familiar with. Um, I'm not saying my son's really talking about myself, okay, honestly. Um, J.C. Ryle wrote a, wrote a book, uh, and actually I mentioned J.C. Ryle before here, uh, the commentary that goes along with Luke, but this one's called Holiness. Uh, and there's a chapter in it, um, and it's and it basically it's um, now, the, now the the text the book is not written in the old English style, but the title of the chapter is "Lovest Thou Me." In other words, do you love me? This is Jesus saying, "Do you love me?" And in that chapter, basically what he does, he goes through and has like a paragraph or two on each of these things that are true if you love someone. Of course, he relates it to loving Jesus. So think about this. When you love a person, we think about them. Right? When you love a person, 
we like to hear about them. When you love a person, we like to read about them. We like to please them. We usually like their friends. No, we like their friends, right? Um, We are jealous about their name and honor, right, if you love someone. Uh, If you love someone, you like to talk about them to other people, and you like to talk with them, and you like to be with them. Uh, And I could go on, but he has a little paragraph on each of those things. But the idea is just that, you know, if I've experienced the love of Jesus and he's operational in my life, these things should be characteristic of my life. I want to spend time with him in the Word. I want to hear what he has to say. I want to please him. All those things, right? And so, you know, ask the Lord by his Holy Spirit to show you, you know, do you, are, do you have a walk with him? Do you have a relationship with him? Because that's what it's about. It's not about religion and lists of things to do or not do. First, do you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Have you received that new nature that he gives every uh, believer? That new nature that, that, that changes us and transforms us over time from the inside out. And um, the beautiful thing is, is that it's by faith. Right? By faith in Jesus on what he did for us on the cross. And that's why, you know, Holy Week, this week that we're entering into, is so special for Christians because they are so... It's a chance for us to be reminded in a more concentrated fashion all that Christ has accomplished for us, how great his love was for us and is for us, and that it's so strange uh, sometimes for people to hear about you loving someone that you've never actually physically met, right? So you talk about your love for Jesus, they'll be like, well, you know, Jesus hadn't been around for a couple thousand years. How are you in love with somebody you don't never met? You know, so it's this kind of a foreign idea that, um, uh, that you know, but, but when you, when you uh, understand and experience this, then, then, um, then you get it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, the, the person that asks, well, how do you know, you know, whether this is the one, the person for you to marry or whatever, you know, and somebody says, you know, usually, sometimes they'll say, you know, what do they used to say? You'll just know. Well, that's not very helpful, you know. Um, <laughs> it is actually good to have a list of things that you're looking for, right, if you're single, that, you know, to someone that, you know, you've got, you've got some uh, things that you would want to see, but, but, but this, that, that idea of that, you know, coming into a relationship with Jesus, right, with God through Jesus by faith. And when that happens, um, and it is mysterious, but true nonetheless, that the Holy Spirit comes in us and he transforms us, right? It's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. So, so uh, it's out of this authentic love for Jesus that we bear fruit. That's kind of the, the big idea there, right? Um, so now, the second uh, point here is just that true discipleship is a matter of obedience. True discipleship is a matter of obedience. Um, just to be reminded of the passage there, those last few verses, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. 
Um, and then he goes through and he says, he's like a man building a house who dug down and laid the foundation on the rock. And don't you just see so much of house building, and especially if you're talking a skyscraper, a skyscraper being built, how for months they're digging down, down, down. And then, then the concrete people come in and whatever else that goes into that. And finally, at some point, you see what you would call a building. But there's so much time put into that foundation and, and just because the foundation is so important, right? And that's what Jesus is using this analogy. Um, so he's saying, he's, um, when a flood rose, the stream broke against the house and, and it could not shake it, right? Because it had been well built. It had a good foundation. But the one who hears and does not do them, remember what Jesus is saying is the one who hears my words and does them, obedience, right? Now he's talking about the one who hears and does not do them. It's like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of the house was great. And so, um, you know, I, I think... In a sense, the application is obvious here, but he's simply saying, okay, and a lot of people are hearing, think about what he's doing here. He's preaching a message, right? A lot of people are hearing what he's saying and might even be Jesus' fans. They're churchgoers. They go to Bible studies. They do all these things that are good things to be doing, but are they actually obedient to the Lord? Right? Are they are they interested in not only hearing but stepping out and 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 obeying what he says? He says that's the real test, and he says you can see the result of two different lives here. The one uh, whose foundation is well built is the one who not only hears it but takes those words that they hear and puts them into practice. They'll have a good foundation. You think about that. And I think what we want to do is think about the different areas of our lives. Think about, you know, if you're married, your marriage, your relationship with your spouse. Think about, um, uh, you know, your, your finances, you know, your relationship to money and how you handle that. Is it, you know, are you finding out what Jesus and God have to say about those areas? What about your work life? God has a lot to say about work. Um, and, you know, work's not a curse. It may be more difficult now, okay, but there was work before the curse, okay? Work's a good thing. God has a lot to say about that, okay? Uh, how about, you know, how you parent? You know, there's scriptures that talk about parenting, right, um, that give us some principles to raise our children on. Relationship challenges, problems that we have, you know, um, you know, if any of us are around each other any length of time, at some point we're going to tick each other off, we're going to sin against each other some way, and you have to know what the Scriptures say about how to deal with those relationship things, those problems that arise. And so, um, and these are just a few areas or arenas that, you know, as you, uh, hopefully if you have a relationship with the Lord, as you grow in it and you get in the Word of God and you study it and you talk about it with other believers and 
and, and you look to apply it to your life, you need to know what Jesus has to say about these things. I think that really should be the first thought uh, that we have when we're making decisions is, does God's Word have something to say? Does it factor into what I'm doing here? Okay. Are there some principles? Oftentimes it's not some verse that says, you know, okay, Greg, you should, you know, uh, buy this specific car. You know, I haven't found a verse that said that. Um, but there might be some good principles like, well, this car, Greg, is not in your budget. It would be wonderful, but it's not in your budget. Well, there would be a good biblical principle there to say, you know, you shouldn't spend more than what you earn, right? Uh, maybe somebody can tell that to EC, right? Uh, <laughs> shouldn't spend more than you earn. I know that, you know, national economics is a lot more challenging than maybe our pocketbooks, but, you know, there's a good principle there, right? Spend more than you got, you're going to get in trouble at some point. But so my point is uh, not to take pot shots at politicians, but to say, uh, what are we doing? How are we living? Are we living our lives in a way that we are really just concerned about what the Lord has to say? His opinion matters more than anybody else's. Um, and as humans, we often, you know, we do, we do care what others think. Now, usually you... I hopefully you care more what other people who are following Jesus uh, and who are you're close to and who love you and know you, you know. But it's really about what is the you know what does the Lord have to say about your decision and about the things that are going on in your life? Is your life characterized? Uh, is it going in a direction of obedience? It, again, don't mis don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we won't ever disobey that we'll ever, we won't ever falter after coming to Jesus. No, but you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have times when uh, you falter, and by the grace of God, you'll get up, and you'll know that the, the blood of Christ has got you covered because you put, you've already put your faith in Jesus. But is the trajectory of your life, as you look at it as a whole, is it characterized by obedience to Jesus and God's Word? That's critical. That's an important thing. Um, uh, so, you know, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Because he's saying there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect if I'm truly your Lord and you're not doing what I'm saying. Because then I'm possibly not your Lord, right? Um, now, in Colossians chapter 2, I just want to mention this here. Uh, and again, I don't have this up on the screen, but Colossians chapter 2, um, it says, uh, Colossians 2 verses 6 and 7 says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Well, how did we receive Jesus? Well, uh, for sure we received him by faith, right? So we're supposed to also walk or live in relationship to him by faith. We should continue a life of faith, living by faith. But listen to verse 7. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And I just like that, that word picture there of being rooted, right? Rooted and built up. Right? As you're established in Christ, you know, we're going to be ones who are exhibiting fruit by obedience as well. 
Now, let me just close here with, with just, uh, there, there's some plenty of places, and particularly in the book of John, where uh, Jesus makes a lot of statements about the important connection between obedience uh, and being a follower of Jesus. And let me just give you some of those. Uh, John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Right? John 14, 15. John 14, 21. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. I'm starting to pick up on a theme here. Loving Jesus is exhibited by obedience, right? The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. That's John 14, 24. John 15, 10 says, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. And lastly, John 15, 14, You are my friends if you do what I command you. And so I just want you to realize, that this is not just picking one little verse out here. This is a theme throughout the Scriptures here that is the characteristics of disciples of Jesus to not only want to gather to hear his words, but to gather to say, Lord, how do I live them out? Of course, we need his power to do it, amen? But we still have a will, okay? When we walk out that door, we can choose to um, obey him in whatever we're confronted with or not obey. But for sure, we need the Spirit's power to yield to the Spirit and not to the flesh, right? All right, let's pray together this morning. Lord, thank you so much for your word. And just the reminder that you can tell what's at the root by looking at the fruit. And Lord, help our lives to be, uh, you know, if we've put our faith in Jesus, Help our lives to be more and more reflecting the fruit of the Spirit, God. Help us to be yielded to the Spirit. Uh, And as as John the Baptist said, um, he wanted Jesus to increase, and in his situation that meant he wanted to step aside and and for his followers to follow Jesus. but, But for us, Lord, we say we want our flesh to be less and less influential. And we want the spirit that you put in us to be more and more ruling and reigning. Um, And so we want to walk in step with him and exhibit the fruit of the spirit. Father God, I pray that as believers, you would refresh us in your love, Lord. Um, Our communion with you, the fact that we're united uh, with Jesus Christ in this special way, Lord, um, I pray that each and every believer here would be renewed and refreshed in that connection with Jesus. And that we would um, love Him more. That we would love Him more. And, and Lord, help us to, as we um, love Him more, Lord, help us to think about Him more. Help us to hear from Jesus read about them, and live lives that are pleasing to Him, Lord. Not in any way earning our salvation, but simply being who we are. Lord, help us by Your power. In Jesus' name, amen.